if you undercharge any service, wash and fold, speaking, anything, if you do it too much, people don't see the value in it. Because if you're a $500 speaker versus somebody doing it for $2,000 or versus $10,000, well, how good can you be if you're willing to do it for $500? Welcome to the Planet Laundry Podcast. In this edition of the podcast, we chat with Mark Sordos, the owner of Washingwell Laundromat based in New Jersey. Mark is a serial entrepreneur who has owned various businesses through the years. In addition, Mark is the author of the book, Business Lessons for Entrepreneurs, 35 Things I Learned Before the Age of 30, and he's currently the host of his own YouTube channel. In this episode, Mark discusses what he looks for in a great laundry location, the keys to being a successful laundromat operator, and the leading issues he sees impacting the industry in the coming months. The Planet Laundry Podcast is brought to you by Planet Laundry, the magazine of the Coin Laundry Association. This is the Planet Laundry Podcast. I'm your host and the editor of Planet Laundry Magazine, Bob Neiman. Uh, today I'm with Mark Sordos, uh, the owner of Washingwell Laundromat based in Matawan, New Jersey. Uh, Mark's a serial entrepreneur who has owned a number of businesses through the years, uh, including a mystery shopper business, uh, which featured such clients as uh, Pizza Hut, Manhattan Bagel, uh, the New Jersey State Lottery, uh, and a large regional grocery chain, among others. Um, in addition, Mark is the author of the book, Business Lessons for Entrepreneurs, uh, 35 Things I Learned Before the Age of 30, uh, and he's currently the host of his own YouTube channel. Hey, Mark, thanks for being here today. Appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, I've got to ask right off the bat, uh, if you could, could you share a couple of those business lessons that you learned before you turned 30? And, and, and do they still apply today? Um, well, I was trying to think, you know, what applies to laundromats and a lot of them do. And I think one of them is to be careful working with family. Um, I do have two kids that are on the payroll. Uh, <laughs> but what I learned was, you know, a lot of people, especially in a, in a small business like a laundromat, you might be inclined to hire your family. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But you need to make sure that they're actually doing the job that you would expect of an outside employee. So I tell my kids that, you know, if you don't do it, I'll fire you. I mean, I love you, but I'm going to bring in somebody who's going to do the job that I need. You know, you're on the clock, you're on the payroll. I expect certain things out of you, just like if you were working for a stranger. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I think it's having those expectations with family. Uh, another thing is I think that even if, you, you know, you own a, a, a small laundromat, you still need to have a business plan. Okay. It doesn't have to be super fancy. You know, I think sometimes people get intimidated by business plans because, you know, they, they think about the one that they have to submit to the bank, you know, and it's 20 pages with, you know, 90, 90% of that information you don't need um, if you're not giving it to people who have no idea about you. But you should have a plan, you know, for what you're doing in the next one, two, three years. So those would be the two of the biggest things that I would. No, that's apply. that's great advice, Mark. And and certainly the, the business plan is not something you should just put together and then throw in a drawer and forget about it, right? That's kind of a it's it's an evolving living document, right? Well, I I used to do a, a class on entrepreneurship, and I would tell them it's a living, breathing document. You know, I have it on my desktop, 
And, you know, I refer to it every month, you know, especially when I update the numbers, but I also look at like, okay, well, what did I have planned coming down the road? And is that still part of the plan? You know, it's obviously, you know, plans change. You know, I, I call the business plan like a roadmap. You know, sometimes there's detours. You know, sometimes there's a new road built. It's a new opportunity. So right. it's not something that, you know, is, is set, you know, etched in stone. It's a living, breathing document that you use to guide your business. Very good. Very good. Well, briefly, if, if you could, what is your professional background? Uh, before getting into the laundromat business, if you could bring us up to speed a little bit. Well, I did the uh, the mystery shopping business uh, for several years. And uh, what that is, is we would get paid to evaluate other companies' customer service from a customer's point of view. Uh, you know, we did that for several years, uh, had some success with it. I, I was lucky enough to, uh, you know, be in the New York Times. Believe it or not, I made Vogue magazine. Uh, entrepreneur. Uh, I, I sold that business. Uh, then I authored my book. Uh, I did run into some health issues. So I would say there was a, probably like a two decade, you know, in the wilderness as far as, you know, working for other people. I would have fits and starts with trying to uh, start my own business. Uh, so you know, last year, uh, I wound up buying the washing well, and uh, it's been very good so far. Wonderful. Well, tell me, how did the mystery shopper experience help you now in your new laundromat uh, profession uh, in the business? Uh, how, how, how has there been any carryover? Well, I try to look at everything I do through the customer's lens. I think a lot of people, when they have a business, they look at it through their lens out. I don't really care if I have to do extra work or have a little extra expense. I want to know exactly what makes my location, whether it was a restaurant or anything, you know, it happens to be a laundromat, but what makes it best for them? What makes it easiest for them? Um, and, and try to build from that out. So it's it's always customer focused. Right, right, right. So so the laundromat industry found its way into the picture for you last year, or well, it actually I'll... it had been on the radar for a while. Uh, okay. You know, at one point, uh, you know, I started doing uh, my homework on laundromats, and uh, you know, just as a family we weren't ready to do it yet. And so I kind of, you know, put the information in a drawer. I forgot about it. I went to work for somebody else and I thought, okay, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to own any more businesses. Uh, you know, this job is decent. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll ride it out as long as I can. Well, I, I ran into some health problems. I got hospitalized and uh, I was on leave for like 12 weeks. And I said, you know, why am I giving so much to these people? They don't care about me. And, you know, I said, uh, you know, I had two business ideas, you know, before this that I had kind of shelved. And one of them, you know, was the laundromat, which my wife was completely, you know, in on. And I said, you know what, I'm going to take this time that I'm not at work and I'm just going to dive right into everything. Anything I can digest of videos or seminars, articles, I'm going to learn as much as I possibly can you know, about this industry, right. which is exactly what I did. 
Mm-hmm. What what particularly attracted you to the laundry business? I think you know it's something everybody needs. I mean, everybody needs maybe not a laundromat, but you you need to wash your clothes. Uh, it's it's a good stable uh, business model, uh, and a lot of times you know, and I, I don't want to call laundromats like not sexy, but I know to a lot of people, you know, being like a tech entrepreneur and you're interviewed on CNBC. Oh, that's cool. You know, owning like an unsexy business, you know, garbage collection, landscaping, laundry mats, you know, I mean, you're not going to have like, you know, groupies, but it's a good business. People <laughs> need it all the time. You know, they need it. You know, you got to collect the garbage every week. You know, every every summer, uh, there's 10,000 landscapers out there, you know, so. It might mm-hmm. not be glamorous and land you on the cover of Forbes, but it's a good business that everyone needs. Right, right. So you made that decision to get into it. How did you eventually get involved in, in the industry and, and, and who helped you along the way? I didn't really have any help along the way, but I did try to uh, get as much information as I possibly could from any source uh, that I could. Uh the way that I found my location, uh, I started like many people, you know, you go online and you look for laundromats for sale. Uh, the problem that I had was, unfortunately, and hopefully there's no brokers watching this, but I, I didn't have much success dealing with like the brokers. Uh, you know, they wouldn't get back to you. The information was extremely limited at best. Most of them didn't really know about. I knew more about laundromats than they did. You know, just from doing the research. So at one point, you know, I was very discouraged and I thought, mm, I don't know, this, this probably isn't going to happen. And I don't know who suggested it. I'll give the credit to my wife, but I don't really remember. They're like, why don't you just send out a letter? You know, just saying like, you know, you're interested in buying a laundromat. So I Googled laundromats like in a 10 mile radius of my house. And I literally sent out like a one paragraph. I didn't know the people's names. I just sent it attention owner. I'm looking to get into the business. If you're interested in selling or you know somebody, um, give me a call. And to my surprise, I had like four places call. You know, one wanted too much money. Um, One couldn't pull the trigger. uh, And one, I eventually wound up buying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you go about finding a great location? I mean, what, what is your process? And maybe you just explain that, but uh, what, again, what do you look for and uh, how do you go about it? Uh, well, one of the things that I would look for is just, I guess the first place I'd go is, you know, how far away as an owner do you want to be from your home? You know, so for me, like I did look at a laundromat, I went and I saw it and it was an hour away. And, you know, when I was driving there, I was thinking, nah, this isn't going to work. Because, you know, what if I get a phone call at dinner time? You know, oh, the coin machine's broken or there's, you know, this isn't work. How am I going to get there? You know, so for me personally, you know, I'm just looking in a certain radius. Uh, And what I'd like to do for me would be to, you know, not have like one here and then one here and, you know, maybe more in in a grouping, 
you know, so you, you can start to create a, a small chain. I'm actually looking at one uh, this time with a partner that's about three and a half miles from my, my current store. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Perfect. Well, in your opinion, what are some of the leading issues for laundry owners today and, and in the coming months as we uh, we flip over to the new year? I think one thing is inflation, you know, the high cost of everything, uh, you know, including, um, you know, getting replacement replacement equipment. You know, that's nobody's fault. That's just, you know, how the world is. Uh, you know, I think another problem that I've come across is really just getting the word out. You know, I mean, everybody obviously knows what a laundromat is. OK, you know, and, you know, you live in an apartment. They don't have a good facility. You come to a laundromat. You know, your washer and dryer breaks, you know, you okay, I got to go, where's the nearest laundromat? You know, you go use it for a week until you're, okay. But a lot of people don't realize about the pickup and delivery and the wash and fold. You know, so I know a lot of people spend money on, you know, advertising, you know, so if somebody, you know, Google searches it, um, they will come up and that's great. But a lot of people don't even know to search it in the first place. Yeah, because my wife, when we got into this, she's like, wow, I wish, you know, I had known about that. I have three kids. The youngest one is 18. But, you know, at one point, you know, they're all in activities. She and I both have a job and the laundry just gets higher and higher and higher. So, you know, it, it might have been nice to occasionally just like, look, I'm going to I'm going to take this off my plate. You guys go wash and fold it. But if you don't know it exists, you can't be looking for it. So I find Part of what I have to do is just to go out and educate people. Like, did you even know we could do this for you? Right. The customer doesn't know what they don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's marketing and it's education. And uh, absolutely. So that's, that's certainly an issue, uh, especially as more and more operators uh, uh, get involved in the, in the full service uh, aspect of, of this industry. Right. Yeah, yeah. What's what's your favorite aspect of the laundry business now that you're in it uh, a year or so? Uh, what do you enjoy the most? I I like dealing with the customers. You know, I, I think it's pretty neat. I mean, you know, laundromats are one of the, uh, I guess, the few industries where you actually have a lot of downtime, in a sense. You know, with the customer because even if you're washing and you know you're, you're doing the wash and fold part of it. I mean, you can still chat with somebody who's, you know, waiting 25 minutes for a dryer. You get to know a lot about them. You get to know them on a personal level. Uh, a lot of our wash and fold customers, if I walk in, like I recognize their laundry bags, you know? Uh, so yeah. I said, oh, Brandon yeah. was here. Okay. He, wanted, he wants to get picked up for Sunday morning, right? Okay. Uh, so I think that's really the cool part. You know, there, there's... and. A lot of people are creatures of habit. So you see the same people at the same time. You know, there's one gentleman I, I open like on Thursdays, you know, I'll open my store and I'll, I'll do some of the paperwork, the coins and stuff. And there's one guy who's almost always there, like waiting for me, you know, and, you know, I've joked with him that, you know, I'm going to give him a set of keys because, you know, he knows how to open up. Just put the chairs out. You can open up, turn the water on, the lights and, you know, I'll come in around 830. You know, so that's kind of like a running joke. So I think, yeah, that's what I like. I like really, you know, you get you get to know people because everywhere else you, know, you might have a very short interaction. But here you can actually have a conversation even while you're doing your work. Right. 
Right. And, and, and laundries are very much a, a community-based business. Uh, you know, as, as you know, you have a, uh, I know you've got a, a, a little library uh, in there um, yes. as far as, uh, uh, you know, giving back to the community and, and giving something for, uh, for the kids to do when they're in the store. So again, it, it all goes along the same lines of, uh, of that and getting to know your customers, doesn't it? Well, you do see a lot of that community because we do have apartments, you know, behind us. And yeah. like on a Saturday morning, you know, they'll walk in and they all know each other, you know. And I've always been amazed at like how many people like they recognize each other. They don't live in the apartments, but I don't know, you know, everybody's obviously in town, you know. And, you know, they, they recognize each other at the laundromat. And sometimes, you know, I've seen customers outside. You know, I was at the grocery store and I saw one customer there and then I went to like the Dollar Tree and I yeah. saw him there. And I'm like, well, where are you going next? Because I won't go there, you know? So, right. it, it, yes, you're very much a part of the community. Yeah, no, very much so. Well, what segment of your business is performing the strongest right now for you? I mean, we had talked about wash, dry, fold and pick up and delivery and, and all those different segments. What's working best for you right now and, and why do you think that is? Uh, right now, uh, a wash and fold is working the best for us. Uh, we are picking up little by little in pickup and delivery. I think with the pickup and delivery, it's just a matter of people knowing that you do it. Uh, and that'll keep picking up. Uh, the, the coin part of it, I think it's pretty steady. You know, th this location has been there 20 years. So it's not like a surprise to anybody. If you've lived in the area, you, you know you know where it is at least. So the coin part but I, is steady. But the wash and fold is really the solid part. And then I think the pickup and delivery just as, you know, more people get used to it. I mean, because, you know, I was talking to somebody in the industry recently and, you know, he was mentioning that Uber has done a lot to, like, train people and the DoorDash. Because there's really nothing that you can't have pick up and deliver. You know, you get your Burger King sent to your house, Walgreens delivered to your house. Uh, you know, Amazon has something there in five minutes. So they've done a lot to help train people that, you know, if you want something picked up and delivered, you know, it's possible. That we just have to get them to connect that to also do your laundry. Right. It's what the consumer expects nowadays. And it's just, again, branching it into laundry, as you said. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, you're, you're also writing uh, a second book now, which is due out later uh, this year, I believe. Uh, tell me about that. I'm hoping to have it out uh, by end of March, early April. It's called The Laundromat Bible. And what I want to do is to take somebody all the way through the entire process from Hey, you know, I heard laundromats are good uh, to get into, but I don't know anything about them. So it's going to go from, okay, where do you find a place? You know, what are you looking for? How do you evaluate, uh, you know, what is a good price to purchase a laundromat for? How do you find a laundromat, the lease, all those things. Then we're going to go into the very first day that you own it and, and turn the keys and, and what it's like. Uh, and then the second half of the book is going to be actually running the business, you know, taking care of the customers, getting a staff, you know, how do you, how do you market it? You know, besides just, you know, Facebook ads and that type of thing. So how, how do you market it? 
Uh, how do you do pickup and delivery? How do you do wash and fold? Uh, so even if you own a laundromat, I'm, I'm, I want to make the book useful to you mm -hmm. also. Right. It sounds like a very useful book, and I'm, I'm looking forward to reading it when it comes out. T tell me about your writing process. How does, how, does that, uh, how does that work? When do you write? How do you, I don't know. What, what is that process like for you? Well, I, I pretty much, you know, for myself, you know, I, I draw an outline. Um, and, I, and I think for this, it's a little easier because I really just, I'm just going through all the steps in order. Uh, I, I write what I would consider the easier parts first, because some of them also, you know, I, I, I quote sources and I want to get you know, more information on them. You know, something like customer service. I've done it my whole life. I feel very comfortable on that. Other things, you know, I refer to like the CLA. They have the uh, the industry survey. You know, I, I, so I'll refer to a lot of other information. You know, as far as, far as finding the time to write, because, you know, I have spoken to a lot of people that want to write books on a thousand different topics. Uh, you just have to make the time because there is no good. You're, you're, you're always going to be busy. You're not always going to be inspired. And I, I think about what Billy Joel said. Uh, and I remember this way, way back when I started writing. You know, he treats it as a, a songwriting as a job. And he just, you know, 9 a.m. or whatever time he starts, he goes to the piano. And just like, you know, we would punch a clock at whatever job we had, but that's what he does. You know, he doesn't wait till like, hey, I'm inspired. Let me go write uh, Piano Man. You know, he right. goes to the piano. And I mean, some days you write a lot. Some days you don't write much. But you have to consider for anybody who wants to write a book, you have to kind of consider it. Okay, this is my job and I have to work on it every day. Yeah, no, that that's great advice. If you wait for the perfect uh, time, uh, you'll never get started. Right. Yeah, yeah. Now, in addition to that, if you didn't have enough to do, you've also launched a uh, YouTube channel. Uh, what kind of content uh, do you have on there? What can viewers expect? Well, right now we only have a few videos, but I want to make it uh, maybe like 60-40 laundromat and then 40% entrepreneurship. I also want to do uh, interviews with people both in the industry and outside the industry, uh, because I think that we can learn a lot, you know, outside. Uh, you know, for example, uh, you know, I have a lady that I'd like to interview uh, later in the year, but she's going to be working with me on, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, I I'm not strong on that. You know, and I realize anybody can set up an Instagram and anybody can set up a Facebook page. It takes 30 seconds. But then there's a difference between just setting it up and, you know, like eight people follow you to where it actually is, is working for you. You know, so I would love to have her on because anybody who owns a laundromat, you know, could learn from that. So I, I want it to be that that combination of a laundromat, but also you know, entrepreneurship, you know, maybe even some topics from the book, you know, like working with family and what to be, you know, careful about. I mean, one of the big mistakes that I made in the mystery shopping business is that uh, once it got big enough, I convinced my then fiance, now wife to quit her job and, and, and work with me. 
That was a big mistake because at the time we were both in our twenties. She wasn't ready to do that job. She could do it now. She couldn't do it back then. And we get into a habit sometimes of hiring people because we're related to them. And, you know, we can, we have a different relationship, you know, but what you need to ask is if I wasn't related to this person, would I still hire them? Okay. And that's what I do with my kids. Like if you, if you are going to do the job, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. paying you to like, right. you know, do your homework there. You, I expect right. you to take care of customers first. You're going to wash, you're going to fold, you're going to sweep. If you're not going to do that, I'll find somebody that will. So, you know, it'll cover those kind of topics also. Oh, very interesting. Great stuff. Um, Hey, Mark, do you have a business philosophy? Have you developed one over the years? I think take care of the customer first, and then pretty much everything else will take care of itself. You know, I've always been, you know, very customer focused. And then i and I know there's been books written about it, but then your customers are your biggest salespeople. I remember doing a talk once for uh, a grocery chain that we did mystery shopping for. And, you know, I got brought in. They were having like one of their annual meetings and they just wanted me to talk for a half hour on their competition. You know, because everything is, you know, pat yourself on the back, how great you are. And then she kind of wanted like a split, uh, a dose of reality. Like, you know, we don't live in a bubble. You know, these other people are having these same meetings and things like that. And when she got up to introduce me, she go and nobody else knew who I was. I worked with this one lady. I think she was like right under the CEO. And she goes, you know, when I I get goosebumps, when I read like his letter, like to me, because everything is we. It's not like, you know, most consultants like you need to do this. You need to do that. You know, I wrote and I didn't even think about it, but I was like, we need to do better. You know, so, I mean, she got me several customers. I mean, she actually got me my largest customer ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, it was it was taking care of the customer. And then the other things will. You can fix them. They'll fall into place. You, you're you're going to be OK if you take care of the people that are paying the bills. Perfect. Very good. Right. Well, hey, in your experience, when a small business fails, laundromat or otherwise, what what are the most common reasons for that failure? Uh, I think one reason is that they're undercapitalized, you know, especially like if you want to go into laundromats and you're like, oh, okay, I can, I'll fix this up. I'll fix this up. And then you realize, oh, you know, you want to retool all this. It's going to cost you 125,000. Oh, I, I didn't, I didn't think about that ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for a lot of small businesses, it goes back to not having a plan. You know, you, you want to get away from having, let's say, you know, a boss so badly that you you go out, you either start a business or you buy one. And then you didn't really think about the next steps. You know, what is this going to be two years from now, three years from now? You know, like I have my business plan, like I know like when I want to start, you know, replacing equipment, how much of that equipment, you know, when I want to increase prices again. You know, I haven't set a price, you know, based on the competition, but I, I know when I want to go back and, and reevaluate that. So mm-hmm. I just think that they they jump in. Hey, I own a business now. I don't have a boss. I don't have to listen to anybody. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, what's your plan now? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I haven't really thought it out that well. Well, your competition is, so you, you better have one. Right. 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 I think those are, those are a couple of the biggest uh, reasons for sure. Uh, hey, personally, what's the biggest mistake you've ever made uh, in your business life? And w- what did you maybe learn from it? I think probably the biggest mistake in my business life is undercharging. You know, a lot of people, especially in the beginning, they don't charge what they're worth. I remember I got a speaking engagement with Volvo, uh, their construction division in North Mm -hmm. Carolina. And I was just so happy and amazed that anybody would let me speak to them. Uh, You know, so I had a meeting with the CEO and it was pretty much going to be a slam dunk. He just kind of wanted details. So I was thinking, hey, look, you know what? I'll take $500 for a day, you know? Um, right. That's, you know, it's like 20 something years ago. Right. I'll take that. And mm-hmm. then I was thinking, yeah, but you know what? This is Volvo. They can afford it. And I said, I'm going to charge them a thousand dollars, you know, and then I drove up to the building. and I'm like, holy, this is <laughs> huge. Right. So I wound up charging them two thousand dollars and they didn't even <laughs> blink. Right. You know? Right. And that's when I, I started to learn that it's like. First of all, if you undercharge any service, wash and fold, speaking, anything, if you do it too much, people don't see the value in it. Because if you're a $500 speaker versus somebody doing it for $2,000 or versus $10,000, well, how good can you be if you're willing to do it for $500? You know, so they don't, they don't see the value. So I think like when I did the mystery shopping, you know, again, I was like 24 years old when I'm pitching like CEOs and business people. I was just so happy that you would actually take a meeting with me. I couldn't believe it. Right. I would give the service away. And it wasn't until later that I realized, you know, I'm working 50 percent harder or whatever the number is to make the same amount of money than if I just charged what the going rate was. I mean, I'm giving you a bargain. You know, I understand that sometimes people will, you know, undercharge a little to to get the ball rolling. But once the ball is rolling, you got to charge, you know, what it's worth. Otherwise, you're just you're just working harder for less money. And that's not why anybody goes into business. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I I think that's certainly probably a universal uh, mistake across all businesses. Right. Yeah. They can be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you turn for business advice these days? Well, I have done a lot on LinkedIn, so I've made uh, a lot of like contacts. I do a lot of coffee chats to really get to know people. And Mm -hmm. this way, you know, they can bounce things off me. I can bounce things off them. Another place that I turn to is my wife. Uh, My wife is very cautious. and I, I like I'll put her like all these different ideas. And if she actually really likes one, then I think I'm on to something. Yeah, because yeah. her first reaction is usually, yeah, but um and that's good because sometimes, you know, you know, if one person's a dreamer, you need somebody else to kind of like, you know, reel them back in. But right. when I share an idea with her and she's like, Yeah, I like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, now I'm on to something. <laughs> now now I got something to work with. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's, that's, yeah. you know, who I look for. Sure. 
Yeah, no, very good. Well, what, uh, again, in your opinion, what specific traits does it take to be a successful laundromat owner these days? I, I think the ability to uh, really promote yourself. Because I, I see that missing in a lot, not just laundromats, but just in businesses yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. You know, we held a networking function where we're part of the Chamber of Commerce, you know, at our store. Mm-hmm. And I went around to all the stores, you know, in my my center. And, you know, just to introduce myself, just to invite them. They know the laundromats are there. You know, I don't have to really explain that. But, you know, I'm amazed at how many small businesses, they never leave that little box that they're in. You know, I, I met one gentleman who owned a UPS store. And I said, oh, yeah, we're by the, uh, you know, the alternate ending. It's a, it's a restaurant. It's a, it's a good landmark. And he goes, I don't know where that is. And I go, well, if you just go out to the light and make a left, it's like, I don't know, half a mile. He goes, oh, I never go that way. And I, my mind was just blown. It's like you're a UPS store. You deal with small businesses. There are literally a hundred small businesses on that street between that light and two miles where the supermarket is. How do you not? You don't even know what is out there. You don't know what exists. So I think one of the big things that I try to tell any small business, and I do it for myself, is get out there. I try to do as much as I possibly can to be visible uh, to mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Hey, what are you looking to accomplish in uh, in 2024? What are your goals? Well, my calendar's full, and I'm glad, and because I, I, I really have bought 150 percent into the laundromat industry. I love it. It's good people. Uh, I'm developing a new website. Uh, you know, I want the book to come out. Uh, obviously, the YouTube channel. Uh, I'm looking at this second location uh, with a partner, and uh, you know, I, I'd say it's uh, 50-50 right now. But I, w- I would okay. love for that to happen. Uh, so there's there's a lot on my plate. And also I'm looking forward uh, this year to attending some of the, the CLA events. Um, I don't, I don't think I personally didn't feel I was like totally ready, you know, last year, you know, I had a learning mm-hmm. curve and things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this year I'm, I'm really looking forward uh, to the events. Right. Perfect. Hey Mark, that was, you know, that was everything I had. I want to give you the last word. Uh, anything that maybe I didn't bring up or I didn't ask or any advice that you'd like to share, just anything you'd like to get out there that uh, maybe we haven't covered yet. Uh, yeah. The one thing I would say, if you're new trying to get into the business is to slow down and take your time. You know, a lot of people, you know, they're, they're very eager. They find a place. Do your due diligence. That's one thing that I wish that I had done better. And that's, you know, I spent a lot of time in the book on due diligence. I went over the financials very, very hard and the demographics and things like that. The one place that I wish I had done a better job was on the equipment. Okay. So don't rush through. You know, I know people are eager to get going and you got a million ideas. Don't rush through the process. And then when you get in the store, take six to eight weeks just to learn the store. You know, again, I know you have all these ideas and I'm sure they're brilliant, but I made so many mistakes in the beginning because it's like, okay, fine. You know, I watched the videos. I read the articles and stuff. Here's the keys. 
now you own a laundromat. And it's like, wow, um, how do I use the register? You know, because we have a POS. So you got to learn the POS system. You know, the one day I did something, I, it was so embarrassing. It was like my second day in the store alone. A lady goes to use the machine and she's like, there's no water coming out. And it got, another guy says, yeah, I got the same problem. And I'm freaking out because I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm, you know. So long story short, um, they had turned the water off so the pipes wouldn't freeze because it's December in New Jersey. I forgot to turn the water on. You know, so there's a lot of those little stuff that you just got to get used to and learn. And then you can go out and use all of your brilliant ideas. But get to know your store first and your customers. Right. Take your time and get get acclimated. Absolutely. Yes. That's great advice and, and probably a great place to leave it. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for your time. This has been a pleasure uh, to uh, chat with you. And uh, I learned a lot and I'm, I'm sure that our listeners did as well. Thank you. Well, I, I really appreciate you having me on. I, I, I enjoy it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on our podcast today. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to Planet Laundry at planetlaundry.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube.